This is your host, Amy Orsno, and welcome to the Transmit Safety Podcast, a podcast that will help you achieve a holistic approach to workplace health and safety with practical solutions introducing new or alternative ways of approach to put that value of safety into action. So fill up that workplace-approved beverage of your choice and tune in to today's episode. In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that we all do. We all go to the washroom. This might seem like a no-brainer, but it's actually a really important thing for keeping your team healthy and safe, having washrooms available at the work site. And although it seems like a no-brainer, I have lost count of the number of times I have gone to a work site and there has been no washroom or the washroom that was available was nasty. Now, I know this might not be the most glamorous topic that I've talked about so far. It's not talking about workplace values and organizational behaviors, leadership elements, but Stay with me here because I think that this is an important topic to discuss. You see, having access to clean and functioning washrooms is not just a simple basic human need, but it's also a legal requirement in many workplaces in many jurisdictions, and I think for a good reason. Recently, I came across my email that women working in Ontario's construction industry will soon have a women's only washroom available to them on job sites. And I read that and I went, what? Yes, we should all have access to washrooms on the job site. And for me, I know that it is, it's not really a woman's issue. It is, but it isn't. I get it. The headline, it's catchy. And among some of the other legislation changes specifically geared towards people who identify as women, There was access to PPE and some other elements, but this was guaranteeing women have access to at least one women's only washroom on the job sites. I was talking with a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and we were talking about washrooms and what that washroom signified. And when a woman, when somebody who identifies as female is not at that work site, what does that washroom become? What does that designated washroom become? It becomes the washroom that everybody takes a shit in. It becomes the shitting washroom. And when a female does finally then show up on site, their shit washroom is now taken away because it's back to being the female-only washroom. So there's a whole lot of elements of organization around providing and having access to a washroom. Now, here's what I think. I have gone to so many different concerts and I have done mud races, Spartan races, triathlons, camping. A porta potty is a porta potty, an outhouse is an outhouse, where the gender identification was the furthest thing from my mind. For me, for me, and I want to very clearly say this this is for me, the most important part when I am looking for a washroom is one, is it available? And two, how clean is it? I honestly could care less about what gender is slapped on the door. Now, there is a little bit of a separate part from that. I am saying that and recognizing that with a little bit of privilege because the second part of maybe wanting and needing to have a separate washroom, and this is just, again, my personal feelings on this, 
is that there's a little bit of vulnerability when it comes to that shared space, when it comes to any shared space, including washrooms. So when somebody is not feeling safe in their environment and having to be vulnerable and exposed, literally pants down, if you don't feel safe, then you want to limit the exposure, pun intended or not, you want to limit the amount of people who could and cannot come in and out of that environment. So here's the thing. Is it really about needing to have a female and male washroom? Or is it about having access to clean and safe and secure washroom facilities? This isn't, I think, isolated to only people who identify as females or biological females. Companies say that they have this diversity and inclusive workplaces, but at the same time, they're making decisions about the washrooms that are not inclusive. Gender-designated washrooms can be harmful to transgendered and non-binary workers, as they have often faced continuous discrimination and discomfort when using facilities that do not align with their gender identity. For example, a transgendered woman may face additional harassment or even violence when using a men's washroom, and while a non-binary individual might feel uncomfortable using a gendered washroom altogether. This can lead to additional health and safety workplace issues that we would need to identify, anxiety, stress, and even physical harm. Violence and harassment in the workplace is something that, believe it or not, yeah, connected to the washroom facilities that are available. And I'm not even touching on the fact about the concept of having washrooms that are inclusive for people with disabilities. How can we create a welcoming and accepting workplace environment to all of our workers and then not provide adequate washroom facilities? So to me, really what I want to say is that you can go so far to promote a culture of care and respect in the workplace, but are you actually taking the steps to do that? So for me personally, in summary, I really don't care what sign is on the washroom door. I just want to know, is there one available and is it clean? I remember a time when I had to talk to workers about how to use urinals. I legitimately did a safety talk on how to use urinals because there were complaints about the smell and how people were not being able to piss in the urinals and it was all over the floor and it was rightfully so a hygiene issue. But don't just think that these hygiene issues are men washroom only issues. I've been to more than a few female washrooms on site that are just as nasty as some of the men's washrooms that I have been in. When I go to visit a new company, when I'm on a new project, one of the things that I 100% will judge the company overall culture with is the quality of their washroom facilities. When workers have access to clean and well-maintained washrooms on site, it sends a message that their basic needs are being taken care of seriously and that their well-being is a priority for the company. This can make such a big difference for the workers to feel valued, respected, which in turn can increase job satisfaction, have a more positive work environment, decrease employee turnaround. Now, on the other hand, let's talk about it. If workers don't have access to adequate washrooms on site, it can create feelings of frustration and resentment. They may feel like their employer doesn't care about their basic needs and that their work 
that they at work, they themselves, they as the individual are not important. This can lead to, yeah, decreased morale, negative work environment. And if we don't have adequate washrooms, it is directly impacted to the worker's physical health. If workers don't have access to clean and functioning washrooms, they may be more likely to develop health issues, dehydration, urinary tract infections, or maybe, depending on the time period that they have been without adequate washrooms, it's to more serious conditions like kidney stones. These health issues can be uncomfortable, painful, and can increase their amount of sick days. When I was at this work site, I was at an, a work site. It was fairly remote. And at this time in my career, I was quite new to the health and safety field. I was new to the field work and had been, I think, quite pampered in my previous kind of experience at work sites by having always readily accessible washrooms. So when a worker came up to me and they said that they needed to go into town to see a doctor because they felt like they had a urinary tract infection. my jaw hit the floor. I was a little surprised and shocked. And they didn't want to go and see the male on-site medic for their, what they thought, a very personal medical issue, rightfully so. UTIs are more common in women than men because biologically women have a shorter urethra. And there are additional causes for UTIs that I won't get into in this podcast, But when I started to ask questions, I was new to that site. I was still trying to find my ground. I was very particularly focused on one area of the site. This worker was from another area of the site, but because I was a female, they felt comfortable coming to talk to me about this. And as a health and safety person, as a female as well, I could relate. And I started to ask them questions like, so where's your closest porta potty? Like, how often does your supervisor let you get breaks? And they looked me in the eye. And I remember this conversation so clearly. They looked me in the eye and said, Amy, you don't take breaks. You don't ask to be driven to the washroom. You don't ask for the work to stop so you could go for a break. And in fact, you don't drink water when you are at work because drinking water will make you want to go to the washroom. I have enough of a hard time fitting in as a female already. I don't want this to be another issue. And I said, well, what does the rest of the crew do? Where does the rest of the crew go to the washroom? And this was at an area of the work site where they were in a remote area, still in the bush area. And she said, the guys just go to the washroom behind the trees. They just open up their coverall and they go to the washroom behind the trees and everybody does it. There were only two females on that crew. And I said, yeah, I can 100% understand the fact that you are uncomfortable dropping your coveralls and going to the washroom in the bush where it's clearly visible from the crew that of what you're doing. I was floored. I could not believe that this was an issue. Even today, I am still floored thinking back about the conversation because I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And this wasn't the only encounter that I've had with workers of all genders telling me that they 
felt like they couldn't take washroom breaks because it was going to impact production. They couldn't take washroom breaks because the supervisor notices the downtime of the equipment. They couldn't take washroom breaks because there were no washrooms available. Don't even get me started on the unofficial piss areas that are on some of the work sites because there are no washrooms. I went to one of these sites that I was on in my career and I was about to go around a particular building and the technician yelled out at me and said, don't go around that corner. And I went, oh, what's over there? What hazard do I need to be aware of that I can't walk around this side of the building? And he looks at me and he says, that's the piss side of the building. What? What do you mean? He goes, yeah, in order for us to go to the washer and we have to stop what we're doing, drive to the nearest gas station, we're never given enough time to do that. So everybody here just unofficially goes to take a pee behind the building on that one side. So don't go over there unless you plan to go for a pee, just FYI, and stay on the beaten track because everything else has been potentially exposed to bodily fluids. And again, I was shocked and so surprised because workers are trying to do what they think is best for the company. Meanwhile, the company is not doing what's best for them. And don't even get me started on the lack of feminine hygiene disposal options in porta potties. There was this really big, a lot of people got involved in it on Instagram this summer from their perspectives of having inadequate feminine hygiene disposal options on site. It's a fact. If you want workers to feel like you care, if you're in management, if you want workers to feel like you care, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is telling you all that you need to know. Provide a washroom. And also, you know what? Don't even come at me when it's not reasonably practicable to provide a washroom. So what does that mean? Basically, what is reasonably practicable? That's a very lawyer term. I'm not a lawyer. But when I read that, employers are required by legislation, depending on your jurisdiction, to provide adequate washrooms. In some situations, maybe it's not possible or practicable to provide a washroom due to the location or the nature of work. So employers might not be able to provide a washroom if it's remote work because installing a permanent washroom in that area with water and sewer services is not feasible. I understand that. But in these cases, employers still should be required to provide alternative solutions, either a porta potty or other types of sanitary facilities. They are out there. I have done my research. So it's important to know that reasonably practicable concept is not a free pass for employers to avoid providing washrooms altogether. And first, you know what? Let's talk about management. Let's talk about it. As a manager or as an employer representative, it is your responsibility. It is the manager and employer's responsibility to ensure that their team has access to washroom facilities in order for them to do their job effectively and healthy and safe. Yes, washrooms are included in having a healthy and safe workplace. If employees don't have access to washrooms, they may be forced to leave the work site in search of one. That's increasing their risk of the job site. That's, again, linked to downtime, decreased production. Not having access to washrooms can lead to health issues. I've talked about that. 
that decreased morale, that increased sick days. We've mentioned that. So if from that manager and employee perspective, you say, okay, it's in legislation, but then there's that moral thing to do. It just, it's the right thing to do. Well, how does that connect to overall leadership? Regardless of your position, your title, project manager, CEO, project coordinator, health and safety administrator, whatever it is, as leaders within our organizations, it's important to set the tone for your team, for your workers to say, this is what we feel is a priority for us. And prioritizing the availability of washrooms at our work site definitely will send a message that you give, that you care. And caring is linked to the overall value that you hold when it comes to safety. So when we talk about safety as a value, yeah, let's talk about it in terms of having that adequate washroom facility, a positive workplace culture that says we are fulfilling your basic human bodily function needs. And there in turn is because we value you, we respect you. So when should a company, when should an employer, when should we as health and safety practitioners and professionals be thinking about washroom facilities? Really, all the way back to the initial project planning stages is when we should be asking the questions, what type of washroom facilities do we need to have available at this work site? So in that initial project planning, in the design phase, in the bidding phase, when you're setting the budget, because you'll know how many porta potties you need and how often they need to be cleaned, you're including that cost in the overall project scope. So, for example, you're thinking about the location, the number of washrooms, what's the size of the workforce that you need, what's the length of the workday. All of this can come into play when we're talking about caring about our workers. And We'll talk about, you know, some of those factors, or you should be talking about some of those factors that, you know, linking to accessibility. Where are your power mobile equipments operating and how far off of that haul truck route do your operators need to go in order to get to a washroom facility? How long does somebody have to walk on the site before they'll hit a washroom facility? You're thinking about accessibility, privacy, and the hygiene aspects of things. So including the washrooms in that initial project planning phase is so important. And here are some of the ways I think that you can advocate for washrooms on site. Educate. Educate management, educate leadership about the importance of washrooms at the work site to be included in the concept of having a healthy and safe workplace. Conduct a needs assessment. We do hazard assessments. We do training needs analysis. Conduct a needs assessment to determine the number of washrooms required and their potential locations, linking into that regulatory body as well. Review the recommendations for the designs in terms of the health and safety standards. Advocate for gender-neutral washrooms to have a more inclusive workspace. Provide some training that talks about how, why we need to have clean, clean washrooms, talking about the spread of germs and bacteria and why it needs to be properly cleaned and well-maintained. Advocate for proper installation of ventilation in the washrooms to prevent buildup of odors and the spread of germs. Ensure that washrooms have accessibility to workers with disabilities, including the provision of toilet bars and grab bars. Work with management and leadership to have solidified policies, that written commitment, policies and procedures. 
about the proper selection, use, and maintenance of washrooms at your facilities. So really, having adequate washrooms on site is not just about, for me, not just about meeting that legal requirement or ensuring productivity. It's about creating a workplace that values the health and well-being of its workers. There you have it. Having washrooms available at the worksite may seem like a no-brainer, but it's actually a really important part of our pre-job planning phase to help keep our team, our workers healthy and safe. And wherever you are in terms of your position within the organization, you can advocate for a washroom facilities. Thank you for being a part of the Transmit Safety Network. For more resources and to join this weekly newsletter, go to transmitsafety.com.